1: call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: The Around the NFL podcast. Our adults, and know what happens in Vegas, follows you home. Ah,
4: From (laughs) Sin City, the host of the 2022 NFL Draft, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Joined by some heroes, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. Yes, we are at the big event. Round one is in the books. And um, how you boys feeling as we begin to dive in to what was another hyper event, eventful day in this offseason of our league?
5: I feel like that glow's going to be hanging off of you. Through security, through bag check on the plane, back to the house while you're coaching some t-ball this weekend. Like it is a, a great time to be a, a Jets fan, and uh, as a Patriots fan, they traded back to take
2: someone that no one's ever heard of. So it's basically the same as usual. <laughs> yeah, you have a, you do have a glow about you, Dan, and I think you know this is a this is something special because uh, you you know I do think that now I feel like we've said this twelve times. Uh, during the course of the show, <laughs> but this does feel like a new chapter for the Jets. <laughs> no, no it does. It does, and um, you. I think I saw you genuinely enjoy this evening. This was a real meat and potatoes uh, event for us. We've been up here at this Diaz or desk. Uh, working hard all evening. Uh, I've the what? It. The
5: DAs? I don't I know. What are talking about?
2: It's true, though. <laughs> a we've, table. We've never had two
5: top five picks yeah. come to the desk. It, we've never been at a draft like this it, with a beautiful set uh, that iHeart set up for us. And it's like we got two top five picks coming in here, three top ten picks. Drake we'll London all, all came in there, and we'll, we'll talk to them. And you got to say, like, Vegas was – perfect energy for the draft. And I think that this draft, which everyone thought was going to be boring. And it was like the worst draft since Luke Joko it ended up giving us a lot of juice. (laughs) And it's like that, that draft was what,
4: 2013. The NFL has changed so much since that draft and they saw it in how things played out. Just teams are so much more gung ho teams are willing to risk for reward in ways that just wasn't the case. A handful of years ago, even a couple of years ago, nine trades, I believe, in the first round, including multiple first round uh, top rate wide receivers, including poor Gravedigger's favorite uh, Titan, perhaps, or one of them. And we're going to get to all that. I, I would say but I'm sorry, Justin, we'll get to you, buddy. <laughs> but there's also some good news from the Graver camp. We have so much to get to. But Greg, I'm curious what you think was like the big story of today. Well, it's that it's AJ
5: Brown and it's not just AJ Brown goes to the Eagles and immediately signs a 100 million dollar contract which but, was weird the timing of it and I'd love to get into the nitty-gritty on that at right, some like, point right like when is that ne- contract <laughs> negotiated it's the idea that the this stuff works that AJ Brown and his agent Put this out there over the last couple of weeks in the hopes of a possibility that maybe another team is going to give him exactly the contract he wants and give the Titans the trade terms that they want and and snuff it out before the before he even gets to his fourth year in the NFL. And it worked like it worked to a tee. And I think we've seen with the quarterbacks and how they've controlled their destiny uh, in the last offseason or two and been able to change teams. Now we're seeing it with other positions, certainly wide receivers. And for this to all come together that quickly to me is amazing and fascinating. And the Eagles had an amazing night.
2: Well, I would just say also, if you look at what the Eagles were on offense a year ago with Jalen Hurts, a run heavy attack that like essentially zigged when the rest of the league outside of the Ravens zagged. Now you've got AJ Brown and DeVonta Smith. I mean, they can't they're not going to run that attack back. It's going to have to look differently.
4: It's great news for Jalen Hurts and and if you're an Eagles fan, you're loving the off-season plan here. You you like that trade with the Saints which made them better and made them more flexible in the long term and now you're going to get a real good look at Hurts and see if he's the guy and if he's not, you have a true number one receiver in AJ Brown. Uh, I actually feel sad, like with Justin Graver so close to us. Graver was in this world where he thought there was no way that AJ Brown could get moved. He thought this was all smokescreen. A lot of a lot of Titans fans thought that it was media created, maybe Greg Rosenthal created, and yet it did happen. Take us through where you're at right now, Justin, in your heart.
1: <laughs> Instant reaction was very sad. If anyone wants to see it, go to the ATN Instagram. We did a little live video of it. Um. <laughs>
5: there, there was a rumors of a tear in your eye. You certainly didn't believe Dan when he, he saw it first on Twitter, said it out loud,
1: and you just thought we were messing with
2: How it. How sad. You described it as a little live video. Yeah. You
1: know, it was, it was a sad moment. Uh, as a fan, I've started to rationalize the reasoning behind it. $25 million a year is a lot. It's a lot of guaranteed money. Uh, at him money. rationalizing. He has been injured a little cry. bit. Yeah, he, he brought up almost immediately, like, well, he hasn't played a full season.
5: In well,
2: no, mind. it was a solid 35 minutes later of transition that you were
1: going through. But I still ultimately <laughs> feel bad about it as like a fan of the team. Like, I, I tweeted multiple times throughout last season, uh, A.J. Brown was the Titans' most valuable player on offense. When he came back for the Niners Difference game, maker. On Thursday night football, like you could see how what the impact that he made after he'd missed a couple weeks, and I mean you like, uh, it's like that old Family Guy joke where Peter Griffin has to choose between a boat and a mystery box, and he says the mystery box could be anything; it could even be a boat. It's like that's what I feel like the Titans <laughs> are doing with Traylon Burks. Is like, yeah, I mean he that's... could be as good as AJ Brown, like but you already had AJ Brown. So, well, he's less know.
2: expensive, and I think that's a Titan-centric.
4: Part but like this. the yeah the chances that they get someone as impactful as brown was for that team that but that's just the way things have gone in, in the nfl now these teams did they are not hesitating to move their greatest players if it gives them that financial flexibility they will they will send a guy out of town and so the eagles get a big time receiver and i thought it was interesting you know they get titans received the 18th overall pick and a third round pick at number 101 for aj brown and just before that we learn the other wide receiver, number one wide receiver that gets moved. It's Marquise Brown who gets traded uh, from the Ravens to the Cardinals. So the Cardinals send their first round pick, which was that, what number was that? 23, 23. And that one really, I, you know, the, the AJ Brown, he's an elite player. Marquise Brown is not an elite player. I don't know what the Cardinals are doing. Mark. Exactly. I, I think maybe you read, cause I know Marquise Brown and Kyler Murray have history together, but that he is not. I know he's drafted in the first round, but what did we see in four years that he still has that carries that value today?
2: I'm with you. I mean, they they picked up Kyler Murray's fifth year option, and then they turn around and do this. They add Marquise Brown to the to the lineup, and I mean, it 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 it, it certainly seems like Lamar Jackson was not excited about the move at all. It does leave it leaves <laughs> the Ravens. We're on scrub watch,
4: by the way. Although, social yeah, media scrub
2: he, watch yeah, right. he, he, for he, Lamar. He leaves the Ravens with Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay, and not much else at wide receiver. And they didn't address that.
5: Right. We'll get to the all the picks. We'll go through them later. It is crazy to start with these veteran trades. Uh, but yeah, Lamar, who we know is not been particularly eager to sign this contract extension, uh, retweets a tweet that says, uh, something I really can't say. I normally would just go with the F-bombs, and we'd be in our studio, and it's a safe right, place. But you're being classy But here. there are about... 10 to 15 people in our room. Well, they're all adults. Yeah, but I mean, well, now you've built it up so just much. It's not a kindergarten. Just class. I'm just in front saying, of saying us. there's other prospects like walking around. There's <laughs> yeah, people having the nights of their life. It. But Thank yeah, what's protecting what our the feelings. we F&F, <laughs> bro. We traded away Hollywood. Uh, and um, that wasn't so hard. No, it wasn't. And, and then another <laughs> WTF later. Uh, it's, it's fascinating to see. But just to circle back quickly on the Titans, there's a salary cap. And everyone thinks that salary cap, like, you know, levels the playing field, and it absolutely does. It's one of the reasons why the NFL is, I think, the best professional sports league in America. But everyone has the idea that everyone's spending the same, and, and they're just not. When they make a trade like this, and it's like a cash-poor team like the Titans to a team that I think of as, as quite cash-rich, the Eagles – I think there is something to that. All these teams that even if they're spending close to the cap, it's different in terms of how many guarantees that you want to give right now. The New York giants, for instance, are another team that I think's relatively cheap right now and are another family owned business. And they're trying to trade away James Bradbury. Cause they don't want to pay that money. And they have other things. And it's like, other teams that are just willing to change the guarantees like the Saints and the Cowboys to push money into the future, you could do that. You could figure out the way to keep A.J. Brown, and they decided not to and just went the cheap route with Trayvon I mean, we had, we
2: had this conversation a couple of weeks ago about the disparity between, even though there is a cap space and that looks equal on, on paper and there's television money, that the Bengals, other teams that are family-run, that the escrow situation, the Raiders, that it does affect what they can do. And that's right. exactly what's oh, but, happened here. But Titans fans were like, Oh, why why the media keep talking about this? And um
5: here's where it's up, why. Here's why. Let's, let's pile. It's not. It's not Justin. It's, I, it's all those Titans fans in the mention that got know, so mad lot right at now. every single A.J. Brown report over the last couple of weeks. And are they going to come back? Are they going to come back and be like, whoops, we were so
2: aggressive and so like, wrong. I mean, Greg, they might come back aggressively. Let's hear, let's like, hear Mike it.
4: Vrabel, what he said a couple of weeks ago. I wonder what's going on. How does Mike Vrabel feel about this? Where does Mike? Mike Vrabel knows he's playing in a loaded AFC. And now you just shipped away uh, his best playmaker. As long as I'm the coach here, I would I would want to have AJ Brown on my football team.
5: Well, I guess they need a coach. Sounds a little downtrodden in that. Uh, Maybe he that knew clip, it was coming. He, yeah. he said on Thursday night, just as we're taping this, that they we went to the extreme to keep Brown here. That Rabel was involved uh, involved in the entire process, but the gap was big. You know, I assume he's talking about the finances. They just weren't willing to pay him that much, and that's the price. Like the price of brick uh, went up. You know, you either wanna recognize it or you, or you don't.
2: And you can't look at Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill as the future of that offense. It's the, those are the fading elements of that offense. I
4: think it's disappointing. I think it, it, Titans fans are obviously disappointed in how this played out and I hope this isn't a continued trend because that when you hit on a player like AJ Brown, which the Titans did, second round pick, if I'm not mistaken. And he turns into a star like he should be on that team for a decade. You should be able to build a a relationship that lasts the long term. And instead, it lasts like seems like so many
5: relationships last now, like four years. And then eventually there's a divorce. I mean, if it's sauce Gardner, he doesn't even get into the relationships. But that will be that'll be part of his interview.
4: Very. (laughs) All right. So
5: let's get into it.
4: So obviously, again, in the offseason of the trades, perhaps we should have seen it coming. Uh, a blockbuster, specifically the Titans-Eagles blockbuster, but also very notable again that the Cardinals gave up a first-round pick for for Hollywood Brown. Uh, strange.
5: Um, Former teammate of Kyler Murray. They're
4: you know that's they, cool, that's they great. Get... But I've seen Marquise Brown play in the NFL for four years now with an MVP, and he's never seen like anything more than a, a second banana. It's
2: a puzzling move. I. I'm with you. I like
5: Marquise Brown, the player, a little more. The fact that they were going, they were willing to give him up, is a, a bit of a red flag. But the difference is, he's not making twenty-five million dollars a year. He's making seven hundred and five thousand dollars this year, and then they, uh, I assume, they'll pick up his fifth-year option uh, for next year. So it's it's a relatively cheap move for another team that you know doesn't isn't known right. as uh, does, doesn't it just out the feel like doors.
2: the Ravens, you know, wh- who are one of the smartest, uh, you know, most at ad- w- well-run teams in the league. Have the full scouting report, in-house scouting report on Marquise Absolutely. Brown, the entire experience, and are happy to have moved on from him.
4: And it is interesting they they send in a draft where there were six wide receivers that came off the board in the first round. Uh, the Cardinals perhaps looked and said, "Okay, where we are in the draft in the first round, we like him over what else is out there in this draft." So, and we're going to get to by the way all our sandwich props. We'll get to that Saturday. Uh, the Saturday night full draft recap, but we're going to put the focus, obviously, where it belongs now and on the draft. And let's kind of spin through um, the top 10 here. Trayvon Walker uh, goes to the Jags. I think uh, Vegas kind of hinted this was coming. The mock draft scene shifting.
2: What are the, what are we calling it, by the way, the mock draft situation, Mark, tonight? Well, I mean, I don't know how everyone fared, but it was an um an apocalypse. Amocalypse. <laughs> for me. An apocalypse for you, for Norris. Yeah, but not for everyone. Not for everyone.
4: We'll get to that in a bit. Trayvon Walker, number one pick. Aiden Hutchinson, he stays home in Michigan and goes uh, to the Lions, a really perfect fit in their 4 3 scheme. And you imagine Dan Campbell's going to have a ball with him. And then we have, I guess, what you could say is the first surprise, Greg. uh, In some ways, the Texans go and they get a cornerback, but it's not Sauce Gardner, but instead it's Mr. Derek Stingley Jr.
5: Yeah, I I think between Stingley at three and Kayvon Thibodeau, who we're going to talk to and talk about at five, they were two players that were incredibly hyped up coming out of high school going into college football, and were great from the jump. And I think it shows that if, if you're a true freshman that can compete at the level that Kayvon Thibodeau did, and especially Derek Stingley, and you're that good in the SEC at 18 years old, nothing else mattered. And Stingley knew it. He knew there was nothing in it for him at LSU the last couple of years. There was a, a real belief that he didn't play as many games a year ago as he could have because he was waiting to get to the NFL. Some people, you know, supposedly didn't like that. And both him and Thibodeau were talked about guys that were going to slip versus um, where their talent really lies. And none of that mattered. They looked at the most explosive cornerback in the draft, even more than sauce Gardner in terms of just like pure raw traits. And you take them right there and, I I don't know I like I like the move. He is more of a, a zone cornerback. It is a little more of a zone league right now, and so
2: that's maybe the difference between Stingley and Garner, who just went a pick. Ladies. They did a ton of work on both those guys, and I guess it's a the Texans felt person fit everything. Stingley's better for us. I I, I will go back to Walker for a minute because obviously one of the storylines this week was the idea that the Jaguars had different people inside the building some wanted Aiden Hutchinson, some wanted the owner w- w- was in theory in favor of Hutchinson. Trent Balky, the GM, who is don't be ridiculous. Know, a bit of a malcontent, according to many people. He loves walkers. Well, no. Trent Balky, I mean, has been, we talked about a as malcontent. someone that's just well, a little hard to get along with. He's like, never lost the power struggle. right? <laughs> you know, he got, he got
5: who was it? Singletary out in San Francisco. He got his guy Harbaugh. He ends up winning a power struggle over Harbaugh. He wins it, stays with Meyer, and he wins this one. Like, this, this guy, he must be Good in a room it must be very convincing
4: that, we'll you know we'll see how this all shakes out for the jags but you know it's you know Burt Breer in one of his uh notebook columns that he wrote leading up to tonight a long you know piece about how this time the jags have it right and he had shot con access and i get it like you're gonna kind of come out of that profile in a positive way but i guess i'm still very much wait and see because you did keep balky and that team has been a mess for several years now.
2: Well, and it harks back to when he took Alden Smith over, you know, because of he – he. it seems like Balky falls in love with physical traits and potential, and, and, and Walker has all that, but it was telling to me that the quickest card turn-in of the night was the Lions at number two with Aiden Hutchinson. They couldn't have been happier with what landed in their laps right there. And right,
5: the- and I, I think we've sort of slept on him just because – I, I I don't know. He almost seems like such an easy, good prospect. He hasn't hasn't been like a great storyline to him. But I think it's gotten lost. Like, he tested amazing too. Like, his athleticism in terms of like his movement skills and everything at the combine was kind of off the charts as well. And well, there's this idea a, that it was somehow like a boring pick. But
2: there's also people that talk about the fact that like in another draft, he would have been like right. a fringe top 10 guy. Right. He, he but fit they, into this draft He fit this way. with
5: the Lions perfectly because their offensive line is really good. They took a couple defensive linemen. Early last year as well. Their defensive line is starting to look really good. They are like a big, strong, tough team coached by a big strong man, Dan
4: Campbell. <laughs> I like it. Before the the Trayvon pick, by the way, I want to hear Roger Goodell. Um, you know, and this has been a move because people like to get after Rog when he comes out to start the draft. It's become tradition. It's almost like a Vince McMahon type situation. And what we do now to kind of fend off some of the jeers is We get a celebrity involved, someone that will be loved by the crowd. So there he is sitting in the front row, friend of the show, the ATN podcast. I don't know if
2: he knows that, but Um, but we do.
4: You know, one of the great uh, MCs in Los Angeles hip-hop history, uh, Ice Cube. This is how Rog introduced him.
6: And I see someone special right down here. Ice Cube. Cube,
3: come on up here, baby. Come on up here, baby.
5: <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> well, plus he called them Cube. I don't think that's a thing. Is that okay? I think you call him Cube over
2: Ice. I mean, you just call yeah, him go, Ice Cube. Cube. That's a the Cube. whole. I'm not that's sure they're, the they're on thing. those terms. But although I'm sure he was paid very well, so maybe they how are. do you know they might actually be really close friends? I mean, they.
5: they he put his armor on them. Do you assume him? they're not close friends? I'm. I'm not. But I just. I've heard Ice Cube. They don't just. You know. You don't just call the man Cube. Put some respect on his name. I think that
2: was respectful. And wrapped into that that moment, that intro, uh, who is looking better in terms of a makeover uh, since the end of the season to now than Derek Carr's haircut? I think he just... Yeah, that's oh, that, a I'm so happy you haircut. brought that
4: up because we've been on the journey with Derek for several years now. His brother, who we work with, who's a very nice guy, uh, David, very handsome Son of a gun. Handsome devil. And it's just so easy and effortless for David Carr. Derek's been finding his way, and when he showed up at that, I guess it's almost like a modified faux hawk, I would call it. It's like, oh, you look like the badass quarterback of the Raiders Mm.
2: now. Yeah, he's becoming a bit of a bad boy. Um, We
4: we saw a bit more like
5: David Carr. And you've got the two huge NFL contracts uh, to the point where you could buy your brother David uh, a car, uh, which was revealed on our friend Dave Damashek's podcast. I really? I he bought like him a Ferrari. A <laughs> okay, he bought him a Ferrari or something like that. Like he gave, he's like, here, I just have that extra for
2: you. Wow, well, that's good. You that's could go faux hawked in. I'm just saying, you could, you, you could dial it My up. My
4: sons want to do it, and I'm to I'm, you. Well, not to me. To themselves, they want to do it to them. Well, let's take a break, and then we will uh, get to uh, the rest of the top ten.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days, like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear.
6: Oh, yes.
4: This was, <laughs> that was kind of hard. a little harsh cut out there. Yeah. Um, Erica's not having it. Ricky, I know you only have two shows left with us now. right. Um, how are you feeling by the way?
1: Yeah, bittersweet. We had a great dinner last night. We it was did. really fun. Um, yeah, it's been it's been bittersweet. I think that is the word to describe it.
4: You look beautiful tonight and you're, thank
1: you.
5: What, what what color would that be? It' would be a cream?
2: A
1: coral. Coral T- like an
2: off tangerine.
1: Maybe yeah, that's like it's more pink cream. Yeah. It's is very like...
5: Bellagio-esque. And there were, like there were, it fits will, in our hotel.
2: I will, Vegas, I will, I will all note the way. really quick that we're in this um, you know, enclave with like at some t- were 50 people in here crowded around. And, <laughs> sure. I, and I walked out um, into the crowd, and there was another woman in an off-tangerine uh, outfit, very much like Erica's, but totally on the ground different. in a mask. Well, it was the same color. And I was like, no, I looked at her like, why is Erica wearing a mask? Because she's not wearing it anywhere else. Right. And we locked eyes, right. and it was a very awkward interchange. And uh, <laughs> had to keep seeing that person after because it wasn't Erica. It was a totally different uh, female person. She's
1: wearing pants, a full
2: suit, yeah, was, and, no, I, and my I just whole I just everything's saw it. hanging out. Erica, of you know And you acknowledge that you could you could have seen the mix up. So I, don't listen. I'm just, don't back I'm just trying now. to move the train now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Erica
5: famously doesn't think masks work anyway, so that's that's okay. Good...
2: That's why I was stunned by <laughs> the other woman.
1: That's <laughs> Can, actually uh, I want to hear it
5: because with our next two picks, it's going to be all about
4: New York. Okay. I want to hear the song again, but I want you to sing the female. Backing box, uh you know.
1: Okay, only if you sing the first do part too. It. All
4: right, here we go. Okay. It's all
6: in New York City. York city.
4: Do
2: it. That's yes. New York City. What i you talking about? That's what am talking about? Why don't Greg and I have a role in that song? Uh, all right, you
1: guys do it now. Greg's the girl. No, Mark good. is the guy. Ready? Go. <laughs> it's all in New York City. York city. Right. New oh, it's always. No, always. It's,
5: it's do it. I no. have to admit, I'd never even uh, listened that closely. Okay. What, we've played it a thousand times. <laughs> Number four
4: times. to the New York Jets is Sauce Gardner. Number five is Kayvon Thibodeau, friend of the show. And we're going to save uh, the Kayvon conversation we had tonight, uh, not an hour after he was drafted to the New York Giants, um, because it was a good one. And it, it was a banger it was a banger and and please stick around to the end of tonight's episode uh to hear it but let's um first talk about the pick for the jets and then we want to play our conversation with sauce which was really fun at least for me as a jets fan the jets had a big night here obviously they they take sauce Gardner, the cornerback that i i talked about it i had sandwiches on it i thought they really needed someone in the back end of that secondary uh to help uh robert Sala with what they're trying to achieve they were picked on relentlessly in the secondary last year, they finished 30th in pass defense. Cornerbacks had two interceptions all year. And Gardner's a dog. He's 6'3. He's built like Antonio Cromartie. He gets the ball. He never had a touchdown scored against them during his entire college career at Cincy. He is a guy that's going to help that back end. So I love that pick at four. And then while we're here, the Jets at 10 go and get Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. So they get out of the Debo Samuel sweepstakes, talking to some sparrows high up in the realm here leading up to tonight. And I was told that the Niners were being unreasonable. That was the word that was used in their trade demands for Debo. So I think the Jets hmm. had to move off that and go down the road of Garrett Wilson. You guys, thought your thoughts
5: first on uh, Wilson and then on Sauce. I think Wilson was a guy he struggled with watching all the young receivers. He catches everything. I mean, you can see in his movement that, like, he's an NFL receiver. But he won a lot in college, like, trying to be physical, and he's not a big guy but you think about the three receivers together and that's more where i get excited wilson doesn't necessarily need to be a true number one and i am probably wrong because people much smarter than me like daniel jeremiah thought he was easily the, the the number one player number one receiver in this draft and thinks he can be a true one but you don't need him to be like you need him Corey davis uh and elijah moore all to get it done and they're really setting up zach wilson for success, because each of these guys can get open quickly, I think on their routes, and will make it easier on Zach Wilson. And maybe you don't need a one if you have
2: three different guys all around a thousand yards. And then and, and they signed C.J. Uzoma, and you've added you've added Wilson. And no, yes, you said it was D.J.'s top wideout. Sauce was his number one cornerback. And so, you know, I know the DJs like the Jets drafts in the past, but there is a plan forming here. I don't want to be overly optimistic because all this stuff can go south, but I trust that Mike LaFleur and his offensive coaching staff and the front office were married on the wide receiver that they liked the most. And that the, and the, the, Robert Sala and his staff found the cornerback that fell to them fortuitously that they liked the most. And something about this Jets draft, because we'll get to the other player they got, um, really went about as well we, as well you could imagine. Well, that's part
5: of it. The Jermaine Johnson yeah. Yeah. Like This is the culmination of the whole Joe Douglas thing. This was the point of getting all those picks. This is this the This is the night. This is the one that it's all about. It's got to work, and it make it should work.
4: It should, I think he's set them up well now if these guys can play at this level we will see and of course Zach Wilson continues to be the key to everything if he does not take a step forward that none of this is going to work but at the same time what they did with Zach, what they've done with Wilson is something they never did with Darnold just actually surround him with talent on the offensive side of the ball a better offensive line. There will be no excuses if Zach Wilson does not take a big leap forward. It
2: speeds up his timeline because it's not a three or four year plan. And he has to Wilson now. That's right what now. that right. league is like now. Exactly. By your
4: second year, you need to show that you are really the guy. And I think with the Sauce Gardner thing, we're going to throw it to him in a second. I And I, I'll let you get your point in, Greg. Um, I think that um, all the smoke screens that you hear in these draft conversations about, well, the Jets under Solid don't think they need an impact cornerback because it, they, they build their teams in the front. Like, okay, and maybe Jermaine Johnson being involved now helps on that end of things as well. But you do need some big-time guys in your secondary. This is the NFL in 2022 in the AFC where you have star quarterbacks and wide receivers everywhere. He's a huge addition to that secondary.
5: Yeah, they tried that last year. They tried, like, the cheaper route. And and that's what the 49ers did so well over the years. But you're not just going to be the 49ers. Like, that was their thing. They got value out of mid- to late-round cornerbacks and really were good at coaching them up. Uh, But you know who also like worked well in that system, like Richard Sherman. Uh, And when I see sauce Gardner, I think of Richard Sherman, just those long arms and so physical. And even if this is a zone league where it's a lot of small, short shifty guys and it's cover two and all that stuff, ultimately zone turns into man at some point in, in the middle of the down. And you're going to need one guy like that on the boundary. Like I I love it. And I also noticed in that Jermaine Johnson trade, it was part of a, uh, a, trend of the night these chips these trades were cheap like the that old draft chart at least because we got so used to it like no one's using that draft chart anymore they moved up to the first round and they they basically moved down they gave up the 35th overall pick and all they did was move down 30 spots in the third round and then give up a fifth round pick like that was like a lot of these trades where everyone was moving around the minnesota trade too like they were cheap like it wasn't that hard to move up and down in this draft if you wanted to
4: All right, so I was glowing when Sauce Gardner sat down next to us. Here is that conversation. Very excited to be joined by Sauce Gardner, the new New York Jet. How does that feel, Sauce? As a Jets fan, it feels damn good to have you.
7: Man, it feels great, man. I'm blessed to be a Jet. You know, uh, one of my favorite corners, Darrell Revis, played there. You know, I know those are big shoes to fill, but I'm looking forward to it.
5: Like you haven't even played a snap for the jets and do you know how much joy you have brought jets fans especially this one sitting right here when really the name was today. called he was over there i don't i might have seen a tear in dan's eyes he like he was he was fired up for <laughs> well, you well on on our podcast
4: earlier this week i said sauce gardener is the guy that they need a dog in the back of that secondary in there and now you're here that the Jets secondary, they had many problems on defense last year. Now they don't have any problems with you here, but they were 30th in pass defense last year. I think they had three interceptions all year. And you're the type of playmaker, a big dude as a Jets fan. You remind me of Antonio Cromartie, who was a, he played alongside Revis and was great. Like to me, I feel like you are the solution in that back end. Do you feel the same way?
7: I actually do. You no, know, I can't wait to get to New York and just be a great teammate. Show the guys the type of person I am and the type of player I am. You know, I'm very competitive. I'm also a sponge. I like receiving information from the vets, taking it all in. I never feel like I'm too good for uh, for other people, and it's just a blessing to be able to bring so much joy to New York. And I haven't even played yet. You know, I'm, I am one of them guys that interact with the fans, so I can't wait to get there. Be able to spend a lot of time with them, give back to the community. I'm looking forward to it.
5: You might not want to wear that sauce necklace out with all the fans, though, like in Times Square or anything. That uh, is yeah, too yeah. nice. Well, Times yeah. Square has
2: been cleaned up. I mean, so Jets. Some Jets fans are a little weird. Um, but for Dan, this is a romantic moment. I always wonder, like, when weird you're at a you're at a mountaintop moment here. Like, do you ever think of like maybe like a girl that dumped you in like middle school and think to yourself, I own you tonight. This is the this is I'm on fire. You go check me out.
7: Nah, the thing about me, like. I wouldn't. Ne- I was never the one getting dumped. Thank you. Okay. Know, Ooh, okay. Thank you, never, Mark. That wasn't me. I was never the get person getting dumped. Get it together, Cecil. Getting dumped. I wasn't quick to get into relationships.
2: Okay,
5: smart.
7: You know what well, where, what where, stop
5: way. digging into his personal life, what Mark. Were some That's what interviews no, are for.
7: I don't mind being getting personal. You know? <laughs> That's
5: right. I think we're, you know. Can you think of some moments along the way, maybe where, maybe... You didn't get the offers that you wanted or something going into college or something happened in your high school career or college career where you didn't know whether you were going to get to this moment and looking back
7: on that? I mean, I always prayed for it. You know, in high school, I used, I, I came in playing receiver. My freshman year, I was like 5'8", 130. I was re- very small, and I just prayed that God gave me an opportunity and I knew I was going to make the most out of it. He gave me an opportunity and made the most out of it. Then I started getting them offers. Got in college, I was like the fourth uh, – person on the depth chart in the the cornerback group then I got through in the fire versus UCF made the most out of it then I became a starter you know like I said I was the fourth on the depth chart and now I'm the fourth overall pick so it was all God's plan
4: this is all history now because we're coming out of the darkness but you should know if you don't this is the history 11 straight years for the Jets without a postseason appearance we haven't made it back to the Super Bowl since 1969, Look, I, I don't want to cut
7: you off, but yeah. we're not living in the past, there we man. Go. We gotta make That's a change. That's what I was hoping to for. We gotta make a change to the future, man. I feel like I'm the solution. You know, we just got my guy Garrett Wilson. You know, I feel like he's also a big, uh, big solution. So. I just can't wait for us to get there and be able to be uh, great teammates. Well,
5: which one's the guy you want to check the most in practice here? And that Now it's suddenly they're kind of loaded on the other side of the ball with Garrett Wilson, you got Elijah Moore, you got uh, Corey Davis still there. That's going to be tough to Man, practice.
7: At the end of the day, we were all teammates, and we all had the same goal. But I'm competitive. Uh, whoever lined up in front of me, you know, I want to dominate. And when it comes to practice, at the end of the day, I'm just making my teammates better, and they're going to make me better. So that's what I'm looking forward to.
2: Man, we, we've heard so many times that you didn't allow a touchdown in your college career there uh can you Good pull that stat. off in the nfl i'd like to see that happen over the next three years in new york
7: i mean i feel like i can you know uh i like setting unrealistic goals you know i mean luckily i always get i always achieve them. you know so i'm gonna make sure i just keep putting the work in keep getting better and better and get more and more consistent with my technique and it should be the outcome
4: and i imagine the next few days it's going to be a lot of celebrating with friends and family which is well deserved but then when I imagine you turn your attention to your mm-hmm. assignment, you're going to have Stefan Diggs in the division. You have Tyreek Hill now in the division. The AFC is a loaded landscape. Dan of wants you to try a little harder when you play the Patriots too. That's like I wouldn't little... mind you embarrassing the Patriots in a primetime setting and Bill Belichick. Um, <laughs> how much, when you look at that, the challenge of now seeing these pros and especially where the AFC is now, uh, you're going to be thrown right into the fire as the number one guy. In that be- like i said sector. i'm used
7: to getting thrown in the fire you know i'm looking forward to it you know this is what i dreamed about i dreamed about going to the nfl you know when you get in the nfl everybody's good i didn't want to get here just to go against guys that's not great or good at, at receiver you know so this is what I, this is what i dreamed for and, and it's here you couldn't this have dreamed it was in new vegas
5: York. yeah you couldn't have dreamed it was in vegas out on the uh stage there what did that feel like Nah,
7: it, it felt great it felt great like walking across the stage glancing at the crowd and just seeing all the, the jets fans so happy man uh man it was great
4: sauce thank you so much uh for joining us here and best of luck and as a jets fan i speak for all jets fans that you're kind of with uh zach wilson and with garrett wilson now the a new tomorrow for the organization and we're so excited to see what you can yes, do yes i can't wait all right there we go all right there it was I was geeking out. Um, I don't know if you can hear it, but I was. uh, As you should be. Because I'm excited. And the Jermaine Johnson pick, by the way, deep in the first round, he was mocked uh, in some places at number four to the Jets. So that's why they were so eager to jump back in. Now, the number five pick, Kayvon Thibodeau, to the Giants. I think in general, um, such a big night for New York football, which has been so bad for several years now, um, because that guy is a big-time player, Thibodeau. He addresses a major need for the Giants.
5: Right. We always talk about, oh, the Jets haven't had a, a pass rusher since John Abraham. Well, the Giants haven't had one since they were winning Super Bowls. And that's that's been a decade. And the last three or four years, I would say their pass rush has been among the very worst in the league. And Thibodeau is known for his first step. I And I, I really and I wanted to ask him, but we didn't have all the time in the world. I, I'm always I'm really impressed by guys who are growing up now in this era and go from being a 16 year old that is nationally famous as the number one high school recruit in the country and the pressure that comes with that and then going to his hometown uh, or home state college and and being such a big deal from that age and trying to get this point and he like did it like that's about it he's been a professional practically since he was 17 and he's gotten it done like we love his personality and everything but he he's produced he's a he's a great player it's what they needed
2: he gets sean merriman comps D.J. talked about the fact that on tape he looks offsides all the time because he's so explosive, and it fills. You always want
4: an offsides guy,
2: right? It fills yeah. a massive need for the Giants because I think it was this or offensive line for them. The other thing, though, while we're on the Giants, I, I do think alongside alongside the Jets, there's focus here, and they're not putting up with a lot. Joe Shane. And like Brian Dable, they basically they passed on the fifth year option of Daniel Jones. He is in hot water. He's got one. Year, I mean, I, I think he's Man, out, I wish, the, he's that's out what, the door. That's what
4: the Panthers should have done last right. year with Sam Darnold. Like, right. I don't think I don't think it, it says anything or, or damages that relationship. Daniel Jones, I'm sure. It sees it as a slight, but that's okay. If he's a tough guy, if he can handle the job, he'll and be in a better enough, position a year he'll, from now yes, if he balls out. If he thrives, he absolutely will be. So I think that was the right move. And I think Evan Neal at pick seven by the Giants was another smart move. They really need to, they're, they're a team that has a lot of holes. So you you improve your offensive line with the best offensive lineman in the draft. You get a pass rusher in Thibodeau who could be a real difference maker and a star uh, in that city. And uh, in between those picks, it was the Panthers, Greg, who take – now, not Icky. I was a little disappointed about this, but it's it's his call. It's Ikem Akanwu, offensive tackle out of NC State. So they stay out of the quarterback business.
5: Yeah, and I think that made sense. That It was like the worst offensive line along with the Dolphins in the entire NFL last year. And they've been terrible both years that Matt Rule has been there. And I just don't think you can go off your board – so crazy to force a quarterback pick. And, oh, by the way, they'll be picking at the top of the second round, and all those quarterbacks are still available except for one. So I I think they can still get their quarterback. They have to feel good about that, Um, except they don't have a second-round pick or a Mm. third-round pick Mm. because they gave them up in the terrible Sam Darnold trade. So I'm correcting myself live, but maybe they can trade it. They're so desperate, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they trade a pick of next year to get back in and try to get one of these guys uh, last thing though, Evan Neal will play right tackle there. Andrew Thomas, left tackle. They added two starters in Feliciano and Gluinski. Like in one off season, the Giants kind of. I would their be surprised if line. they flip Thomas to right. Wouldn't that make some sense too? He's. I think just the way that Neal's profile is, he's yeah. played a lot of right tackle, and he's like a little bit more of a run. A
2: Thomas run guy. improved last season too. He wasn't the raging disaster that he was right. before that. I mean, I think you have to look at Baker Mayfield as a true target for the Panthers at this point, unless like I it, don't. You know, I, I, you know
4: where I look at him? I look at him in Seattle because you know why? Because Mark Sessler's reporting was on point and it Oh heavens just waves, waves of aggregate reports on Mark's mock draft, Ooh. ten locks, and it involved one of the locks of the ten that we talked about on our podcast was Baker Mayfield to the Seattle Seahawks for a fourth round pick, book it, and that caught the eye of, I believe, which one of those guys? Shannon
3: Sharp. Colin sharp.
4: <coughs> No, it was Sharp. No. and uh, Undisputed. Undisputed with Shannon Sharp and that other guy. Skip, right? Skip, Skip Bayless. Bayless. Right. Let's listen in.
2: Now, according
1: to one mock draft from NFL Network, it's, quote, <laughs> a lock that Baker heads to the Seattle Seahawks in exchange for a fourth rounder. Shannon, this you've music. been predicting Baker would be traded right around the draft, mm-hmm. so... Jump in here. What do you think happened
2: This is a
8: real back? show. Well, yeah, I, I think that's gonna be the time, but I'll believe it when I see it, Skip. Um, but it's not a bad deal. I don't trust any of this. <laughs> oh, I, I don't and Bayless. I'm not
3: discounting the NFL network report. Oh no. I yes, don't you believe are. any of oh, it. No. And I, I also think this league is of all the leagues the worst victim of what I call sheep think. Oh.
5: <laughs> well, ba- I mean, Bayless on, is famously on. a huge Baker Mayfield fan, right? I don't know. I, I, I mean, first Isn't of all, is he a
6: Cowboys guy?
2: I don't know. No, I don't know. The but idea that Cartier this bubbled true. up as a report um, is absurd because it started out um, being, you know, collected from a Browns uh, writer who I think simply said that I thought it was a lock. But then it turns into a report, which is tut- they, they did not do their homework. But let's be real. Okay, NFL
5: Network has at least eight or nine different writers on staff that is on the Mock Draft Central page. It's Bucky 4.0. It's Zero Line 5.0. Uh, I think Charles Davis did seven mock drafts. I'm making that up. Uh, Sessler's not on that page. Uh, well, they you know, also didn't, you know those they, they didn't mention drafts? anyone's you name. You know those mock drafts they're not talking about on national shows or on SI.com? All
2: those guys. But they're talking about Sessler's. No, they're not, because they didn't even mention my name in it. They just said they an NFL. They never fill you up. I that. I view that as a... Show of disrespect on some level.
4: Let's talk about the mock drafts. Let's take a quick uh, detour here because, uh, of course, we had Josh Norris from the Underdog uh, Network on our show. Uh, He had 16 out of 32 last year. We set the over at eight and a half. Then Mark comes in with his mock, and we set up a big showdown between Norris and Sessler. And uh, let's check in with uh, Gravedigger. Where did we come down after round one?
1: What were the final numbers, the tally? So, Josh correctly paired five players with the team that selected them. Mark also correctly paired five players with the teams that selected them. So five to five. Five, five. So
4: bang the under. They both. And that's, that's quite a fall from grace for Josh, who goes from 16 to five. But that's the nature of the game, and we predicted that that was a possibility.
2: I mean, five for me is not a fall from grace because I think that's – I got like four a year ago. So. Although
5: it was tough to watch because Mark hit his first two. It was tough to watch. And like a Browns game, – Two for uh, two. He just gets very confident when things are going well, and then immediately.
2: I didn't cul- get. Hold on, Greg. It was t- I'm saying t- you were feeling life. good when it was going well, and then when Trayvon it goes. Traevon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson is like probably the two that yeah. almost everyone got. Like it I wasn't was, prancing around or there saying. Was, a there was there was one
4: word. pretty funny line that you had when things started to go sideways
5: early in If anything, I thought it was hyper fatalistic what was the about line? it. <laughs> I don't know that he was just doing it for entertainment anyways so. well you had said that uh, oh yeah that this is Josh's <laughs> profession
2: well no because I am not a draft Nick so I just like I came a in second. you know in the Our 11, brand, we're building your brand don't say that yeah you're the well, one I think we g- may have a real draft Nick that's it. all oh, I'm yeah saying. so we
4: yeah. it turns out though and we need to check the data on this and to see who had the, the highest number of hits it was a very difficult draft for any mocker but Gravedigger on what was otherwise one of the worst days of his life, with AJ Brown being <laughs> Hot sent cold. out of his life forever. Uh, he <laughs> he did hit ten
6: Woo, that's out amazing. of thirty-two
4: on in a draft that featured nine trades, which means it's almost impossible to hit double digits with, and, and yet you did it. So congratulations, sir. Does that take some of the the pain off what has happened to you today? Thanks.
1: Um, no, it's it's cool. <laughs> You I were loving cool. it though. You
5: were seven out of nine at one point when you hit Drake London to the Falcons Bing. and Charles Cross to the Seahawks back to oh, back, boy. which were not picks that were on too many mocks. You you were feeling yourself as you should. You I, basically did
2: what Josh Norris did a year ago
1: yeah. out of the gate. Right. Yeah. Not bad. I, I don't so know. So you're the I'm, champ, bro. You got the strap now. I, I'd love to see. The grades across of everyone's mock grades. across the nation. Yeah, they'll send. They'll send we'll dig out. that up. We'll dig that up and we'll talk about it uh, this but week. But you,
2: you need because they'll call those and then they'll put
1: out their list. You've got to get on that list. Right. Who do I talk to? Tweet at me. Tell me who to talk to. At Titans Film Room. Yeah. Ask help Josh out Norris. Um, Norris would probably know, yeah. and I'm sure
4: he'd be happy to help. And but to, uh, cycling back to Mayfield, yeah, it does seem like there's a runway there now, uh, certainly uh, for the Panthers. But I, we'll see. We got to see. I think that
5: happens on Saturday, and I think I think he'll be a Panther. But I think he'll be on one of those two teams Saturday. And I think you predicted for a fourth round pick in that report. That was to the Seahawks. I feel like that's about right. Maybe a fifth. If if he goes somewhere to in that the Panthers for a
2: fourth. You get half credit. That's oh, that's fine. according to Skip Bayless. That's just sheep, the sheep brain <laughs> sheep thinking. Brain. So I don't know. Who All right. Charles Cross,
4: uh, the tackle from Mississippi State, goes to the Seahawks at nine. Uh, so they opt uh, to go uh, with offensive line help. That makes sense there. Chris Olave, uh, the wide receiver, one of the six that came off the board. Here comes the run now. We talked about it. Drake London at eight. Um, Garrett Wilson to the Jets at ten. Chris Alave to the Saints at 11, and then Jamison Williams to the Lions at 12. So the Lions pick a two; they get the hometown kid Hutchinson, and then they move up to 12. And everyone thinks it's Malik Willis, but Greggy, it's Jameson Williams, a, a wide receiver who's re- rehabbing from a torn ACL, but people are in love with his ability. Yeah, hey, he's my
5: number one wide receiver in this well, class. Well, that's that means a lot. I mean, it it is. Uh, he he can move. At a speed that just so few humans can move at. I mean, he's very much in the Will Fuller type of mode. And yet when you watch him run routes, like he can he can change his pace up a little bit, slow down uh, and really get in and out of his breaks in a way that most people that fast can't. And so I think his upside is higher. Uh, then Drake London, look, we loved having Drake on the show. I think we're going to share some of that interview on Saturday's show. I, But to me, he seems more like a, a, a possession receiver that's going to make plays after the catch. Uh, Garrett Wilson's great. Chris Olave, I think, makes a lot of sense uh, for the Saints. But I love what the Lions did because they didn't even have to give up too much to get up to 12. And If I'm a Vikings fan, I almost think that the Vikings were so – determined to trade down and get extra picks because that's kind of what they want to do now and, and they're rebuilding that they didn't really get get great value and wouldn't it be great to just have Jamison Williams on your team uh, across you, from Justin Jefferson? Can't you
4: picture it now Mark the hard knocks training monta- montage of Jamison Williams uh, rehabbing that knee and then the interview about Ooh. how excited he is about making a difference on this team because he's not going to be a September and October contributor more than likely. Although you never know with these rehabs, they go so well now. Uh, But for a team that is not in win now mode, that's okay. You just get him right. And then you get plenty of times to give him reps.
2: I can visualize that. And I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think many people thought that when the lions were trading back into where they did, that it was necessarily wide receiver. I thought it might be Malik Willis. I really did. And like, uh, you know, you asked big storylines out of the gate, and I'll just say it quick that the idea that Malik Willis went nowhere tonight um, isn't a stunner because there were just as many reports saying that none of these quarterbacks might be first rounders. But I find it interesting that no one jumped on him, that it showed a, a fair lack of desperation by any of these teams, and someone's going to get him in round two. Right.
5: Tampa Bay traded out, we'll get to that, but they traded out of 27 to the Jaguars to get the first pick of the second round. And you do wonder if Tampa Bay's going to get some good offers for a team that might want to climb up a little bit to to get Malik Willis. I found that the Saints trading up with Washington to take Chris Olave just so typical. Like, I just love the draft in the way that different teams attack it so differently. And the Saints... Get convinced that they've got their guy and they're just going to be right about him. Let's trade a, Let's trade two firsts for Marcus Davenport. Let's trade a first next year to get into this first round and then trade up again uh, with Washington, giving up the 98 and 120th picks in the draft. I mean, that's a decent pick, 98, to move up five spots and get Olave. And again, I think it's about the Saints looking at this year and saying we want to win right now because if i had to pick who's gonna lead all rookie receivers in yards i think chris olave is a solid favorite because he just is such an easy transition to the nfl you see him go on a stop route and just the way he can go from running full speed to stopping on a dime like that just translates he's gonna catch eight nine yard passes like at at his best he might be like a poor man's Marvin Harrison type of player. He's never going to make any plays after the catch, but he's going to catch a ton of balls.
2: He's been described as buttery smooth and I'm with you. I think the Saints when they made the trade with the <laughs> Eagles had an absolutely
5: what? I, <laughs> I don't know. I want to cut that. There's something about you saying he's been described as buttery smooth. It was very like Tom Brokaw. In, in my I research
2: that's what I that was something <laughs> that I came across. Him as that? <laughs> Yeah, it, where, was, it was one of many mama? reams of it was. Of, of <laughs> no, that's that's a mark. That's a mark. I didn't come up with that on my own. Like yeah, that, when
1: you were doing your mock. Oh yeah, he's buttery smooth.
2: Underlined buttery smooth mode of operation was the line that I discovered about him. Yeah, another Ohio State guy with uh,
5: Michael, <laughs> Michael Thomas. And Michael Thomas it, is the winner there. Suddenly, you don't look like such a bad receiver group. And they also, while we're talking Saints, you know, filled in their tackle need at 19
2: with Trevor Penning. So I think. Uh, which, did are everyone which are, by them. the way, two of the mock picks that I nailed, and so did so did Graver, I believe. We both nailed those because they had been a lot of people had talked about Alave and Penning to the Saints, and it just seemed like they knew what they wanted, and they went and got it. Where some teams will get to in the NFC, Super Bowl contenders seem to sit home and do very little.
4: Mm, and there are oh some fan Jesus, bases that are very unhappy about it. All right, let's uh, now move on through the middle part of the round. Uh, Jordan Davis, DT out of Georgia, goes to the Eagles. Kyle Hamilton, uh, Notre Dame safety, he ends up at 14. So that's kind of where his stock, at least in uh, ahead of the apocalypse, uh, had him ending up in this area. And he, he didn't seem overly enthused as he uh, came out to meet Roger on stage. You wonder if uh, he really thought he could be a top five pick, as many initially believed he could be. Uh, so he
5: goes to the Ravens. So That's a good fit, though. I, I think it's a great fit. It's such a Ravens pick,
2: yeah. I'm like Greg and I were sitting here. everything the Ravens did tonight just felt so baltimore-esque i mean kyle ham they have marcus williams they have chuck clark but kyle hamilton's the kind of guy they'll groom who'll probably be an all pro type player and this is someone that you know when all this business started he was the guy that was going to go to the jets he was a top four type dude that fell probably because of positional value in general and right into the raven's lap which seems to happen every single year
4: that it is funny i feel like that's a uh, trope of this podcast we most Ravens moves, it's like, oh, that's such a Ravens move. But they do have an organizational philosophy where these things kind of check out. I'm very it's curious. It's that
2: so Raven is what we're supposed it's to that, say. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
4: that's so Raven. I, I still, the one philosophy I don't know what's going on is on the offensive side of the ball and how they intend to that's get fair. better uh, <laughs> at wide receiver. Even though I'm not a huge Hollywood Brown fan, I don't know, you know, Mark Andrews is there and you have Rashad Bateman, the uh, first round pick last year. But man, that I don't know if scoring points is going to be,
5: that easy for that team. But you never know. They got to get back to running the ball. Yeah, Cynthia Freeland pointed out the Ravens got her models number two overall prospect Kyle Hamilton at 14 and her number nine overall prospect Linderbaum uh, Tyler Linderbaum at 25 Linderbaum. It was a guy. A lot of people felt like was this almost like the most surefire. He's gonna be a great starter in this draft, and he just fell because he's a smaller center, and people just don't get that into smaller centers. But it's like the Eagles did with Trav uh, Jason Kelsey. You surround a smaller center with two huge hulking guards, which the Ravens have, and suddenly like you're cooking. He fits so well in that offense. Uh, that they did improve their offense there with the center. But I think they were probably going to take Jordan Davis at 14. And I do want to just point out, like, the Eagles are a fun team to follow. I don't know if it all works, but I get why the dorks like me like what they do because they stack all these picks. They get the pick in the Carson Wentz trade. Uh, They get picks moving around last year, remember, of course, when they moved down uh, Mm -hmm. with Devontae Smith and they moved up. And what do they do? Like, they just do what they want on draft day. Uh, they can go get A.J. Brown. They have the arsenal to go get A.J. Brown. Um, it, they also have the arsenal to move up two picks and give up a couple extra picks to go get Jordan Davis, who is just like they love big hulking men on their defensive line. He replaces yeah, Fletcher do. Cox. Like uh, They had, I think, maybe the most fun draft They are going there was, to be, them and the Jets.
4: They are going to be the trendy pick to win the NFC East. Because people are going to be a little out on the Cowboys about how their season ended. And it's that Cowboy cycle of good season, bad season. And here are the Eagles now with a much improved roster. Things are going very well for that offense before Jalen Hurts got injured. Now he's healthy again. I, I There's plenty of reason for optimism uh, in Philadelphia.
2: I'll wait and see on Jordan Davis. because At number 13, I know that he was a combine darling, X, Y, and Z. But... I guess we've got to wait on all these guys. Right, but he's not going to play on passing downs. He doesn't yeah. sack the quarterback, and he's been described by some as someone who's arrived like two generations late oh. in the NFL's defensive well, world. Wait, was it the same mark. person? No. Was, it it was the it same the, person it that the, said buttery but, smooth? It was in the Bob McGinn, like, look at look, close look at these players. He, there were people down on Jordan Davis and where he fits in today's game. I mean, he's he can do what right, he does really it well. It feels like in a we'll worst-case
5: scenario, he's – He's just a, a big old run stopper, maybe like a branded, 13, a Brandon Williams type that the Ravens used to have or a Linval Joseph type that you put out there. Uh, but with that sort of athleticism, I think they see that it could be more. All right. So let's keep
4: moving here. So the Texans at 15, they make a nice meat and potatoes pick here. Kenyon Green at A&M at guard. So they go and they get help with Stingley, who they think could be a star in their secondary. And now they go about trying to build up that offensive line again um that's
2: such a Patriots type of offensive line pick
5: right and like the Patriots the the Texans like Davis Mills like we're in the position to like be an exciting team in this draft it was a trendy like thing to say this week hey actually people haven't talked about the Texans but they're kind of the key team in this draft and you leave it being like I don't know the Texans ended up just kind of taking they can't they can't play play that role they're not they don't excite me they seem so far away Jahan Dotson,
4: wide receiver out of Penn State, goes to the commanders. Interesting move there. Makes sense because Terry McLaurin needs some help. Somebody else that can make other teams think and 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 spread the field. So Dotson could be that guy. Also makes me think in this year of everybody gets traded is this open the door for McLaurin to get moved uh, in a trade. I <laughs> know uh, now the first round is now in the rear view, but there's always next year and all that. now Dotson is
5: there as the cheap rookie on the uh, first round deal. Spice Rack's favorite guy. And I think Spice Rack's um, level of excitement about Jahan Dotson was born out here because se- six receivers went in the first 16 picks and then no more did. Uh, so I was stuck on a push for a sandwich, but I really think Dotson ended up being like the solid six in this draft. If, if they didn't take him in Washington, I think the Packers or someone else did. But a very a smaller receiver. I mean, it's I'm still getting used to seeing guys that small play on the outside. It's just like a different. NFL. You'll get used to
4: it. Used Zion to it. <laughs> Johnson, the guard from Boston College, goes to the Chargers, so they continue to address protecting Justin Herbert, the franchise. Traylon Burks, Arkansas wide receiver, goes to the Titans. Uh, so you have that situation there. Tra- Tra- uh, Trevor Penning, uh, tackle. To the Saints and then pick 20. Kenny Pickett, only quarterback off the board. Yeah. uh, From uh, Pittsburgh goes to the Steelers. So just like everyone thought was going to happen, Kevin Colbert in the last weekend of his gig before maybe uh, retirement by choice. And it seems a little hard to tell. Um, Colbert drafts that quarterback Pickett, and he will enter that fray with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, to see who was going to be the quarterback there in 2022. I
2: think I think it was just seen as probably the most like ready to step in and be a pro today. Where with Malik, it's you'd like to give him you know half a season or more to to progress and grow. But I do just remember like hearing Tomlin talk about the emphasis on a mobile quarterback and Pickett has a little bit of that, but it's not the same. Malik Willis is completely different in that world. So I mean, he practiced throughout college feet away from where the Steelers operate. So it's kind of like I love the Pittsburgh-to-Pittsburgh Pittsburgh correction. Yeah, connection.
5: Yeah, they they knew him. He was in that building um, where Pittsburgh practices too. And I was surprised because of the comments that Tomlin made about mobility. And Pickett certainly has mobility. Like yeah, he does. M- he, but he runs to throw. Um, I, I think he's got a little more juice, like in terms of running, than Baker Mayfield does, who who I've compared him to. I think he's a a similar player to Baker Mayfield in in some ways, in terms of like his draft profile. He's not that far away from where Mitch Trubisky is. Where the number one thing is, he's absolutely accurate. Like he can throw the ball and it goes where he intends to throw it. I think not always the case with Mitch Trubisky. No, but that was his draft profile. That was what everyone told yeah. us about, at least coming coming into UN uh, out of UNC. But I I don't think they were ready to change their whole offense for Malik Willis, which is what they would. Malik
4: thinking. Willis tweeted uh, tonight after the draft. OMG, what happened to Malik? With three crying laughing emojis, is that maybe a sign that maybe it disappeared, Mark? And you got sandwiches coming?
2: Well, TBD, but that that would be the <laughs> closest we've to got Malik? to that. That's the closest. Well, I mean, we got like that that's
5: he's tweeting. So wouldn't well, that how say do you he's know that Malik
4: tweeting sure. from the account? You got to look. A, you got to dig a little deeper with these true crime scenarios that's all
2: yeah maybe you know someone else fingers is crossed. taking over the account Craig. that, that fingers that's crossed fine. Craig.
5: you can't be scared of kenny pickett by the way if you're a browns fan or bengals fan or ravens fan i see kenny pickett and mitchell trubisky and i'm like hmm, maybe the Steelers. that's how i maybe feel about time, matt time, jones you know maybe it's yeah, time to go again. down <laughs> yeah but then you just watch them like come in second for rookie of the year hey
4: <laughs> <laughs> all right here we go Let's take a break. People were and called we'll
2: on Dan Marino, too. You know, so there are some concerns, But
4: Let's take a break
0: and then finish out the first round. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledana,
6: and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter, let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it off?
0: I said, I said OG, oh, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college if it ain't it?
6: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? Head over to columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear.
4: All right, we're back. Uh, you know, the the Chiefs, I thought they were going to be aggressive and get a wide receiver. They don't. They they draft Trent McDuffie, cornerback out of Washington. And then right behind them, you have Quay Walker, a linebacker from Georgia, going to the Packers. And so the, the Packers and the Chiefs, two teams that everyone thought it made a lot of sense Uh, that they would go get wide receivers. They end up on the outside looking in uh, in this wide receiver run. And, Mark, I don't think it's unfair to be critical of that, that there wasn't more urgency to get in that group of six. They are opting, obviously, a different path, which is a pretty big risk for both teams that are in Super Bowl or bus mode.
2: The one thing I like about Goody, the GM, is that he obviously is very confident in in what he sees and how he scouts players because – he doesn't just do, he doesn't cave two two off-seasons 3 in a row. He's not caved in to anything that anyone expects. They pass on wide receiver, but here's the one thing I would say. You trade away Devonte Adams. What are you what are you telling Not just Aaron Rodgers, but your entire locker room. Can I
4: offer a respectful counter to that? Did sure. he, did make he make it disrespectful? Did he draft Devonte Adams? Was he responsible for Adams
2: coming there?
7: No.
4: No. And th- what wide receivers has he drafted that developed into you know, I'm, a worthwhile just, I'm not player. saying
2: he, this is successful. I'm saying he seems confident. I'm saying his, confidence, his... Is,
4: confidence is great, right. but we've had, he's been on balance very successful in that job, but the wide receiver room is something I don't trust him with at this point, and they, the cupboard right now, one night into the draft, remains Close to bear. right,
2: but my my point wouldn't have been that I think he's done a great job with the wide receivers. Just that he's seems to not care what anyone thinks. He doesn't care what all of us said that they might draft two wide receivers. Right. He goes and takes completely opposite realms entirely. Which but is do, cool, but I, he still doesn't have any wide receivers. I'm just saying he's seen. It's like you do want a front office that believes in what they do. And I do That's, think that, and they, yeah. and they, by the way, they've won 26 regular season games in two years. He has done a good job building the roster. This is a blind spot potentially, but I do wonder what it tells your Super Bowl window team that you move Devontae Adams and do nothing to replace him.
5: Well, you've got Amari Rodgers who you took in the third round and, and didn't do anything as, as a rookie. I would expect them to make a pick on day two. At receiver, Aaron Rodgers um, is someone that Goody does care about his opinion because Rodgers shared on the Pat McAfee show that he knew the Packers only had six first-round receivers uh, graded that they only had six receivers in this class graded uh, with a first-round pick. And so to your point, Dan, you're right. I think they might have got caught, guard, caught off guard that all those receivers went so quick, especially Dotson going 16. Uh, may, maybe they liked him. May, maybe they didn't. Uh, and at that point, they had already shared that info <laughs> with Rodgers. So we, we, we went
4: through it. Like the draft in real time, it takes time for these things to unfold. So maybe after the third or fourth guy came off the board, maybe it's time to – uh, maybe they did maybe Which, we'll learn more
5: well, as about that but I said draft. though he was saying like look we've had a lot of productive receivers come out of the second and third round for the the green bay packers and you know, a bunch of haven't been too, adams, including devonte adams who who took some time to who's making a big going. play
4: for that team in the afc
5: or the nfc championship game i mean they need to add more there are some receivers out there in free agency it's getting late they need, they need to add more, uh, absolutely. The, it, it's also like taking an off-ball linebacker and Quay Walker who became kind of a draft darling. I always worry about the guys, A, that played behind maybe the greatest defensive line in college football history. So that's a nice spot to be. And then B was clearly not the best off-ball linebacker on his own team. Like, N'Kobe Dean was the leader of that team, made the most amount of plays. And Quay Walker's the guy that all the draft nicks kind of, like, project is going to be a better starter. N'Kobe Dean, who DJ once had in his top six or seven in this entire draft, did not get taken in the first round. And I'm always worried about the guy that, like, but the th- NFL thinks they're smarter. But it was a guy right next to the guy right. who was much better that. at the same position. But to
4: Mark's point, like – What Goody has done there, I give him the benefit of the doubt with some of these moves, like Devontae Wyatt, the DT out of Georgia, they took it 28. They might prove to be productive guys. It's just that position. It's the one position. I'm with you on that. I'm with you. But I mean,
2: Aaron Rodgers also knew that Devontae Adams wasn't going to be there, right? That's, or we're so that's we're so we're what he's saying, and yeah. he's saying this too. So it's like he's being very compliant, but I also think he just got paid a massive mountain of cash.
5: Well, it would be a, a fun uh, story if nothing else, and at this point, that's what I'm rooting for 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 uh, Aaron Rodgers to enter the season with Sammy Watkins, Lazard, and Cobb as his top three, and just like right. I would just like to watch that. As they a were story also
2: line. into Debo Samuel. Well, there were whispers about that, so we'll see.
4: So as I just spin through it here, six wide receivers, zero tight ends. Um Only and zero running backs. Interesting. Well, there and was only
5: one running back one that would have gone, and
2: that didn't happen. And to two the bills co- and two yeah.
5: cornerbacks going to the top four. That's never happened before. Very strange draft. It's, uh, a, it's a passing league, though, and I think receivers and cornerbacks are now. They're not quite like at defensive linemen and tackles in terms of I think what the average GM values. Oh, by the way, but they're getting close.
4: Graver is tweeting through it right now. I My tweet decks up he's now tweeting things about the titans like man now that i look at this
2: during the show right, things
4: dude, aren't going this, things you know things aren't so bad
2: this is so this is quintessential fan psychology
4: <laughs> this is look graver actually he's quote retweeting his own tweet
2: that's weird and then he's
4: like based purely on this list we can't really complain about the first round Based on what actually happened, we have a lot to complain. Now,
2: about. what do they get a B plus now in this? Do, what, what's the grade no, you get them F. at this point? Well, you know what, oh, you, sh- well. you should feel you <laughs> should feel a-
5: better though, because AJ Brown did tweet out uh, 29 minutes ago, "I love y'all, Tennessee." So, yeah. You know, oh, everything's fine. He loves you. He also Closure.
1: tweeted, "It was not my fault," and then deleted it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: I also I like, wanted to tweet that many times myself. So I you, you seem to like from.
5: the Traylon Burks pick, and I know we talked the Brown trade earlier, but we didn't really talk Burks. He just is such a unique prospect that didn't really play wide receiver in college. And that was a little bit of the knock on AJ Brown and DK Metcalf to be fair. And they figured it out. But like when you watch Traylon Burks in college, he was so far from playing like the wide receiver position. He was just kind of like a guy that they gave the ball to in space and were like, figure it out. And they did a good job doing that. But to me, on tape, he doesn't look like he has the same. Why, why shoes do you keep doing
2: as this as Brown? I don't this is know. The third he doesn't look of, like he's I the third, third verbal the slot slot on, on Graver in one episode. He yeah. did
1: have a lot of like 70 plus yard touchdowns last right. season, which one against Alabama, one against AM, like really huge plays. That it's are, like
5: I watched the tape of these top seven receivers. I'm going to use that information on this show. You know, right?
2: The, but you're hurting someone that we care about. That's you know my the, only uh, concern. I love your information.
4: The, the gif of, uh, or gif or whatever of the, the dog in the firehouse. That's fine. Everything's this is fine. fine. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
5: it's that's fine. It's where you're at. Jag- All right. Jags are coming.
4: Kyair Elam, cornerback, Florida goes to the bill. So they do use it on defense, not a running back. Uh, and then the football factory that is Tulsa shout out, Justin Hathaway, our former boss. Uh, they produce tackle Tyler Smith, uh, for the Cowboys. And that's a smart move. I think by the Cowboys who've, You know, that offensive line is more on reputation now than perhaps uh, abilities are getting older, so you get some youth there. And then we mentioned the Ravens, Tyler Linderbaum, center out of Iowa. We mentioned Jermaine Johnson to the Jets. That's a Florida State defensive end who you now pair with Carl Lawson Then that could go and get after the quarterback. Maybe the Jets could finally get after a QB. It's been a long time. Now, the back end, Devin Lloyd, linebacker to Jacksonville
5: this was a very Jags move to think that you've scouted things so well that you're going to give up they actually gave up a lot to trade from 33 to 27 to take a 23 year old offline off ball linebackers I'm I'm sort of like become an age guy when it comes to the draft like that worries me when it takes it's like Kenny Pickett it took till his fifth year when he was like five years older than a lot of the guys he was playing against to really step up Jags always like believe in what they do and they like trade up for the guy that they
2: love. And it like, it never works. Does Doug Peterson have any say in this process? It's just, it's I, I, they need a defense, but it's like, you know,
4: they need so much hang
2: with who you have. Doug Peterson,
4: um, Cole strange at a Chattanooga guard goes to the Patriots. So, uh, Ricky in the ATN era, uh, which you have been a star for five years. It's almost fitting that it ends uh, – your last draft as our producer ends with Cole Strange. Right. So I'd like a full scouting report from you right now on Strange and what he brings to that line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Belichick did say in his presser just now that if they hadn't traded with the Chiefs, they would have taken him at 21, they
5: too. He always that. And right. I, I so believe him because, like – we better tr- we better trade out of this pick. We're gonna take Cole Strange. No one's taking him.
1: Right, and then he also said like he wouldn't have been around much longer because people were literally like, weren't you rating him as like a weren't people rating him as like a DJ, third rounder?
2: DJ called him one of his favorite mid round guys. Yeah. Right, I, when they, I, they, not they, middle they, of the first. They, round, when I googled guys.
5: his name and Patriots looking for the trade terms, I actually uh, no a results. A prominent mock draft came up where the Patriots took him in the third round. Now, yeah. to was be that, fair, was that Bill Belichick's. Right. <laughs> oh, no, to be fair, they 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 went back eight spots. They did pick up a third and a fourth. So that that's a very Patriots move. And I feel like every time the Patriots do this trade back and then take someone no one liked, you at least have to bring up the name Logan Mankins because All right. no one done. no one ever You've was shocked. It. Uh, by a pick more than Logan Mankins, and it worked out, that one. There's many that didn't, though. Strange
4: times. The Chiefs, so I thought we're going to move up and uh, get a wide receiver. They, they're they out of business, and they finish up with defensive end George Karloftis out of Purdue, so they uh, addressed their defense two, uh, with both really their like, picks.
5: Two guys who can start. I think they took two guys in Karloftis, uh and McDuffie that I think are kind of seen as two of the – ready to go starters and the Chiefs needed two starters. They're just gonna play right away. Carl Iron Man.
2: I like him.
4: Slippery smooth, and buttery. Yeah. <laughs> no,
2: he's not smooth <laughs> like butter. He just smooth I think he's like gonna butter. I'm with Greg. I think he's gonna be there in week one doing stuff. Good.
4: Safety out of Michigan Taxton Hill goes to the defending AFC champion Bengals. And then finally, and this is sometimes a, a little sexy fun pick to end the first round. Somebody will grab a quarterback at thirty two, but not this time. Nope. The Vikings pick in that spot and they take Lewis. Seen. Seen. I feel seen out of Georgia. So 32. after
5: Pickett goes at 20 and they were all those trades. And the Hollywood Brown trade had already happened, even though it was for the 23rd pick like that. The draft was on fire. Then it was Mm -hmm. on fire. It was almost too much to handle. Uh, And then you had 12 straight defensive or offensive line picks. None of which really (laughs) felt like it had the 21 to 32. It's like a film that falls apart after the midpoint. It petered out a little bit. Petered out.
4: Um, So that is the first round. And there are, of course, six more rounds to come. Uh, Friday, rounds two and three. Saturday, four, five, six, seven. Uh, we are going to get on a plane and uh, head back to Los Angeles tomorrow and uh, give you your final draft show. Now, any final thoughts, Mark?
2: Let Greg Some go slippery, first. I, I, man. Was, I was like, I, in, I Vegas, was in escape mode. Greg wants to to talk for twenty more. I think more Vegas, <laughs> Vegas
5: was great. I just think we have to talk a little bit about our week here our thirty-six hours. Here. Feels like a week. Yeah, we we, we got here a little over 24 hours ago and it just like Vegas to me. Didn't you guys think this was they got to bring the draft back here? just there's something about this place that was perfect. The draft is sort of this totally artificial made up event out of nothing. Like it's just reading, like Las Vegas, it's reading off names and it's in this city. Right. That's as artificial as can be. But it's all fun. Like the draft is fun. Vegas is fun. It like all it all made sense. I love to me. The and draft. it's wild out there.
4: I love it. It's it's hope season. Everyone wins. Uh, except for for Justin. And I think that is, you see that optimism, uh, tens of thousands of fans in the city today. Um, It's exciting to be here. I do miss the smaller version of this event that was at New York City, that was at Radio City Music Hall. But at the same time, when you see what they've turned it into and what a marketing bonanza this whole draft is, You get it, you get why it's never going back to a small room like that. It's always gonna be a blown out event and it was done very well uh, this night one.
2: We did have, uh, my closing thought is because we are saying goodbye to Erica and a lot of our great times with Erica have been at events and uh, it is fitting. There's a little bit of a Vegas vibe to um, part of what Erica brings. We had a Mexican dinner last night that cost like $4,000 because that's how – I bought a toothbrush today that cost $14. So that's maybe <laughs> – I'm fine with that. I just expense it. We got to get you. Mark on the plane. No, no, no. I, I, I don't pay for it. Like the commissioner can Wait, pay can for it. Wait, can you expense the toothbrush? No. Yes, under, under the tab miscellaneous. Okay. Yeah, okay. And I know you had to buy similar things, Erica. But we had a great night. Um, we had a nice <laughs> picture of margaritas. And, Pineapple. You know, we had um, gondolas were going by us yep, tons in the of water. Gondolas. Don't tell gondolas.
4: the whole public you guys call it gondolas. It's we, gondolas. We don't need to. It won yeah. the poll. Yeah, so. it did, actually. No. Factually. I can't believe you just told our vast audience that you say that wrong. Well, point I was going to let you guys off the hook on that. Mm-hmm. Me and Hank were mortified that you call it a gondola.
2: Uh, Eric and I are very firm in where we stand <laughs> right. on this. I'm not really concerned with the this mortification. This is open for debate. Yeah. <laughs> But Erica, we'll miss you. We all will, and uh, it was an, a nice way to say, kind of goodbye. Yeah, we got one more night. show with Ricky, but it won't yeah.
4: be uh, it won't be in person. So yes, this is uh, the end of an era, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna miss you, yeah. girl. Sucks. Um, on that note, <laughs> but it's been a great time here, and, and thanks to everybody behind the scenes that's helped us out. Um, make this a professional operation. Not only do we have this like badass set, we also have guests coming right off the stage out of bro hugs. And one of the guests was, yes, Kayvon Thibodeau, the New York Giants uh, future star. I think if this kid can play and everything that he did in college tells us he's going to be an impact player in our league, his personality is going to be exactly what the Giants need Forget all that other stuff about him that he might not be focused, or he's got a in-and-out motor. Who knows? I don't know about how he's going to play, but if he does produce to go with that personality, I was blown away by how New York City mm. ready this man is. Yeah, hundred
5: percent. So, he he is he is part of the around the NFL uh, fa- family now. <laughs> absolutely here. You get a chance to do it, Craig. Here we go. Wait, 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 wait. wait. do it.
2: All right, let's let's roll it
5: back. Okay, now you know.
2: You're the part. You say the do it part. <laughs> I got it. I just okay. forgot
5: what she says. Do <laughs> A little early on the queue, but I liked it. I liked your
6: falsetto.
4: All right, here we go. Thank you to everybody for listening. We'll be back Saturday night with a full draft recap. We close with our second conversation with Kayvon Thibodeau in three days. It was a lot of fun, and it was a lot of fun doing the show and watching round one of the draft from Las Vegas. See you Saturday. Till then, heed the call.
8: And we are back, (laughs) (laughs)
4: All right, here we are. It was uh, just a couple days ago that Kayvon Thibodeau, Came to the NFL Media Studios and saw our podcast taping and jumped in, booted MJD out, <laughs> and we had a conversation as a Jets fan. I said, Kayvon to New York. That would be awesome. Well, it didn't work out with the Jets, but the Giants get you. And I know as a native New Yorker, <laughs> yeah, listen, I I would have loved it if you were on my team. I like sauce too, though. So you're a top five pick. In New one. York, it feels like a match made in heaven.
8: It does. But you know what's even funnier about it? Being here with you guys is the true meaning of manifestation. Yeah. I came in yesterday. I came in, was it two days ago? I crashed the show. It was great. We did, you know, we had a great time, and now I'm back. And it's even better because I just got drafted by the New York Giants. And and you manifested top five pick. You said that
5: specifically. They get to five, and then I think someone listened to our podcast, and they're just like, we got to
8: take it. We must do it. And you know what happened? I didn't tell anybody, but I was manifesting New York. (laughs) <laughs> I was planning I took them to, I took I took all the staff to Korean barbecue I brought them I had them all you can eat I buttered them up you know I, I, I we really got to break bread and they really got to see that I'm hungry literally And we, yeah. when we talked to you uh, just
2: 48 hours ago whatever it was you didn't mention the Giants did you did you truly have a feeling did they talk to you did they give you a sense that you might be the
8: guy you know the GM Joe mm-hmm. he FaceTimed me right before I got on the plane to Ooh. come out here he didn't even think I was gonna answer. He said, "Oh wow, you answered." <laughs> I said, "What you mean, Coach? Why? Would I, not, I mean, why would I not answer you?" Sure. But that's—I had a feeling. I said, "You know," and then, you know, he did my, the video call and everything. Like, Facetime. Yeah, yeah it was that's FaceTime. how Facetime that dad, works. Facetime. Feel like that's,
5: I know. I'm just saying though, that, that's a little too much though. Greg has dialed us with, with Facetime many know, times. For
8: me, it's about building trust and it's about family. Right. So I'm coming into their family, and that's you got to do what it takes to find that trust and find that love for, you know,
7: those guys.
4: And we were just, you know, talking to Sauce and with the Jets. It's been 11 years since they made the playoffs. The Giants have a much more rich history, Super Bowl history, but they've also fallen on very hard times. So just like the, the way Jets fans are looking for a brighter tomorrow, the Giants fans are in that position too and evan neal from Mm. alabama also is going to shore up the other side of the ball in the trenches Mm. it seems like (laughs) you guys have a chance to lead a new charge there
8: that's what i'm talking about you know the greatest part we started together and we're gonna finish together and the same way that i went with panay sewell and we we grinded we put each other to work and we got better that's the same thing that's gonna happen in new york we're gonna put we're gonna put each other to the test and we come every day blow for blow is that is that what that meant?
5: That's like? What was the translation? That the translation. Hung, that's
8: hunger. <laughs> you know what I mean. And when you know, and, and the greatest part is when you know a guy's just as hungry. When you know that he's gonna bring it. He's gonna throw that right hook, and I'm gonna throw the jab, and we're gonna go back and forth. When you
2: think about the someone like Jalen Hurts, other quarterbacks in your division, what would you tell them verbally right now about what their their future in the <laughs> NFC East?
8: I'm not gonna tell them nothing. <laughs> I have no words. Did you? What did you say to <laughs> Sauce Gardner? First. What did you say to <laughs> Sauce
2: Gardner when you
5: guys? Um, nah, side see, 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 see Sauce is my man. You know, we yeah. we,
8: we went a couple visits. We went on a couple visits with each other, man. So now to see us, you know, end up in New York, I told him, I said, call me, man. We right down the road. Call me. And then when we play, I'm deleting your number and I'm blocking you. I'm coming <laughs> to
4: find you. And you know, again, cycling back to our conversation Tuesday, Greg, he overstepped a little bit and said, "Are we friends now?" Rightly, you said, no, we're not. not. And right. now.
8: Quickly.
4: How about now? Are you Greg's friend now?
8: Right now we're acquaintances. We're okay, close. That's, we that's the thing you got We haven't even eaten together. I'm still hungry. Every time I have right. met you guys, I've been hungry. hungry. So okay. you know, okay. I, it's hard to find that loving side when you're you're thinking about eating a cow.
2: We're making progress though. I mean, that's
8: they a got, step. They got a Korean
5: step. barbecue in Las Vegas. You're not busy tonight. Come or on anything, now,
8: right? come on now. <laughs> what are you
2: gonna do tonight?
8: What do you mean? I'm gonna go to sleep and I'm gonna wake up so I can get on that plane. I, I don't want to be in Vegas. I want to be in New York. Are you serious? And yeah, you, you know it. what? Like, I'm from LA. Who cares about Vegas? That's
4: gonna be fine. New York it's like <laughs> sometimes I think it's way overblown Oh, uh, are you gonna be able to handle the New York media and all that man if you have Kayvon Thibodeau's like outlook on things they're gonna love you dude As, and if you produce and I think you will you are gonna be an instant superstar in that town so get ready you're gonna own that place
8: I think I'm not gonna own it there's gonna be a partnership. Because I'm gonna put okay. everything I can into them, and I know they're gonna pour all the love and support into me.
4: Sometimes I feel like Kayvon has a script, and then he writes these things <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, but with there's the nothing perfect answers.
8: Perfect, perfect answers. And, and that, and that's the difference. It's in me. It's really in my heart, and I feel like yeah, God feel is speaking that. for me. I'll never, I'll never speak words that He doesn't put into my brain.
5: All right. Well, then during the season, we got to come back for the trilogy. Like any any good movie series, like you can't just do two. And we move up from acquaintances to like how buddies? Like buddies next time. You know like, what
8: happens in Hollywood? I'm gonna be on the show. I'm not gonna be on the show. I'm gonna be a part of the show. That's how right. I, mean, I like you know, that. You we'll have do on that once a week. Now I'm just that, now.
2: that or you totally ghost us. It's gonna be one or the <laughs> other. We'll one see. or the
8: other. <laughs> All right, Kayvon, thank you so much for joining
4: us, dude. Really are excited for you. Excited to put some juice back in the Meadowlands, yeah. uh, and uh, good luck, uh, eating this year and going yeah. forward in the NFL. Thanks, <laughs> Kayvon. Thank you.
8: I'm <laughs>